What's up? This is Patrick of Radicards.com. And in this podcast, we're just going to be covering some random updates. And I want to mention too that uh, I've blogged about everything that we're going to st- discuss today, except the last thing we're going to discuss, which I'm just adding it in as a podcast line item. So let's jump right into it here. Uh, the first things first is the um, Fernando Tatis Jr. testing positive for performance enhancing drugs. That wasn't just like last year, like six months ago, even I mean, two months ago, his PSA 10 of his base tops card was selling for like 170. Now they're closing at like 40, 50, like they're down a lot. Uh, That's, that's a problem. Yeah, apparently he got a haircut like back in June, and he developed some sort of ringworm. And so he got some medication for it. But the medication contains some sort of a PED. So he wasn't aware of it until he tested positive for it. So I guess a haircut can compromise an entire team, right? That's terrible. Also a career, although he's suspended for 80 games over this. And so with the San Diego Padres, we got Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and now Juan Soto. And the Juan Soto acquisition was done through getting rid of like six, six plus prospects, like quite a few prospects to get Juan Soto. And so we had this great team for the San Diego Padres, and now losing Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be a, a big, it's going to be a problem for the San Diego Padres, I think, because he was a great hitter. But he should, I guess he didn't consult a doctor before consuming this medication. So that was certainly an error in judgment. Disappointing for sure. And obviously, when this happens, um, investment values they decline and the chance for getting in the Hall of Fame goes away. So he can come back and perform great, but at the end of the day, it's been documented that he took PEDs. So um, if you're going to let a guy like him in, then you got to let everybody else in. So that we're not quite there yet. I don't know if we ever will be there. Uh, in my own personal opinion, I hope we don't get there because it just waters down the Hall of Fame. In any case, I do hope that when he's done serving his 80-game suspension that he comes back and he performs well and continues to have a productive career regardless. I'm thinking back to shows I attended in late 2020 to 2021, even in the early 2022 when people were buying up Tatis Jr. stuff like high dollar values, like big money has been spent on this guy's stuff. Huge dollars. And so probably <laughs> this is uh, disappointing for the quote-unquote investment type uh, collectors and buyers. I put quotes around that because in my experience, though there are many individuals who claim to have the ability and power to tell what's going to happen in the future, but nobody on earth has that ability, unfortunately. So investment advisors are crafted in the skill of assuming that there's a there's a, a pattern that could be replicated based on historical values. Um, and, and, and But at the end of the day, it's there's no guarantee that anything will happen because typically you can forecast based on the background of information, the historical information. Uh, you can do that to a degree, but you, you'll never really know what's going to happen in the market. And so in this capacity, um, there were a lot of people buying and selling, and a lot of people made a lot of money buying and selling Tatis Jr. stuff um, in late 2020 into 2021 during the, the COVID spike. That's what I like to call that. And uh, now people getting out of it fast, as fast as they can. And stuff still sells well. He still has great cards, but because this is now kind of a cloud over him, um, it's they won't sell as easily. They'll, they'll sell as easily as Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa 
or Barry Bonds stuff. Granted, Bonds has a player collector base. Uh, I think there's, I've met, I've not met, but I, I'm familiar with one or two Mark McGuire collectors. My buddy is a big Mark McGuire collector. So there are still collectors of these guys. I'm sure Tatis still has a collector base, uh, you know. And so whatever the case, like, if you're in it for collecting, just collect. Collect what you like, no matter what happens. But I just know that this stuff sells for significantly less than it did uh, just a year ago. Heck, even six months ago or two months ago even. So, yeah, I just want to talk about that. I do hope that he recovers fast from his ringworm issue and that we get to see him play ball again soon. So, there's that. Fernando Tatis Jr. testing positive for PDs. Moving on here. Mark Zuckerberg had a Little League card in 1992 made from a, a company when he was at a camper and it surfaced and it's going to be at an on the auction block through comicconnect.com. It's cool. It's autographed by Mark Zuckerberg from when he was well, he was a little kid, like a 92. A really cool picture of him uh, holding a baseball bat just like, you know, in stance. Really cool. You can see an image of that on radicards.com just search Mark Zuckerberg. Um, really interesting card. It's probably a one of one in terms of the autograph. Like that's probably the only one of its kind. I've never seen this as first time for me, first appearance for me. So I thought that was cool. He's, you know, he's, he's a name. Everybody knows who Mark Zuckerberg is. So I thought that was kind of a fun, interesting baseball related thing. And I guess the company who's going to be auctioning this off is making an NFT that they're going to run through as a digital asset. And I guess you pay for it through Ethereum. I don't really do the NFT thing myself. It doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I'm aware of them. I've learned a little bit about them. Um, I'd be marched into having a physical asset over the digital asset, but that's just every, different strokes. Everybody's different. So got to go with what works for you. So yeah, cool stuff. A uh, really great iconic item to have. I don't know when we'll see another one of those. It's kind of a fun thing to get. So a very pop culture angle to that one. So that, that I thought that was rad just to see a little a mini Mark Zuckerberg. Kind of a fun thing. I guess he was a great batter uh, back in when he was playing when he was a little kid. He's talented. He hit 23 of 25 at bats, which is an impressive uh, .920 batting average. <laughs> it's pretty. It's awesome. Who knows what would happen if he just stuck to baseball. We wouldn't have Facebook. <laughs> so it's funny to think about that. Anyway, fun stuff. Moving on. Mickey Mantle, 1952 Tops, again makes history. This one is the uh, finest known example, SGC 9.5. Really amazing card. My gosh. It was sold through Heritage Auctions, and it ran for like a month. It was a long auction, and it closed on August 27th. And so the story behind this card is that uh, Mr. Mint... Al Rosen, in 1985, he he found a brick of 52 Tops cards. Uh, this gentleman, uh, whose father was a delivery driver for the obsolete stock of 1952 Tops, he's basically like, "Hey, you know, Al, I have a whole bunch of this stuff in my basement. Why don't you come on by?" So he went by in kind of disbelief, and there was just a brick of 52 Tops, a whole bunch of it, and in that brick was were 75 mint examples of the of the Mickey Mantle. It's just incredible. And this was one of them. This was the best one. So he he acquired the collection at that time and then sold that card for $1,000 instantly. And then he bought it back in 1991 for 40000 and then sold it again for another profit. 
It changed hands again for a then record sum of $50,000. The buyer held on to it until it ended up in the heritage auction this month. Closing price record. We all, I, I knew it was going to be a, like a record for any, any piece of sports memorabilia ever sold to date at $12,600,000. Really impressive stuff. Super beautiful card. It's, it's like nearly perfectly centered. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better appearance of that card. It is just, just a perfect card. It's beautiful. Here I am, the guy is like, if I could be happy getting a one or an authentic at like 10 grand, I'd, I'd do it. You know, like, but here's, here, oh, you can spend a little bit more, 12 million plus, you can get one. For $12 million, you could buy a series of houses. Like you can buy a neighborhood for $12 million. You could probably buy a strip mall or a couple of them. Um, you, there's so many other things you can invest in with $12 million to make more money than $12 million over the course of time. But it's all relative if someone's making a billion dollars or you know some billionaires buying this stuff what's a, what's a you know what's a few million what difference does it make a few being like 12 but you know a few to us is three but a few to someone who's making billions and billions of dollars 12 million dollars is like who cares whatever it's like two thousand dollars to us you know so it's us as in like the normal income people <laughs> i don't say normal because everybody's you know unique in their own way but it's like normal income is like the, the standard like bell curve. The statistical mean income is not going to put you at $12 million. So, so $12 million is considered a lot to most of us. Anyway, I wanted to talk about that because that, that's a, it's a, such an awesome card. I've got it there on the blog if you want to go check it out. Really great stuff. Heritage does a great job. They've, they're always listing really amazing things. And this next one was sold through Heritage and it ended in the same day. It was like part of that same month cycle of auctions so this next one this exact same card sold back in march of 2021 and it at that time it sold for 1,752,000 through a golden auction this is the bgs 10 black label 1996-97 tops chrome refractor kobe bryant rookie card this is the ideal rookie card to get for kobe i remember when this product came out and a buddy of mine, we were in Taekwondo together, and he was like, dude, Kobe Bryant. He was like all about Kobe. He's a big basketball player. Big, he's, he and I would train, and then we'd go shoot hoops sometimes. Cool kid. And he brought up Kobe Bryant. And I was like, okay. So it, it was on my horizon, my radar in 96. I'd, I'd known, I'd learned about Kobe Bryant. And then I'd learned about Topps Chrome, and I learned about Topps Chrome Refractors. That all just kind of came together within like a year's time. It wasn't until later that I found out Topps Chrome was was a retail-only product for basketball and i guess it didn't sell as well as they were hoping but and these refractors could only really be found in that product obviously because it's the tops chrome refractor and so i look at the sale from back in uh march as like oh my gosh i should have got this card in a nine when they were thirty five hundred dollars at the national in 2019 you know I, I don't bring that much money to the national but this would have been a card i should have bought back in 2019 they were so affordable for so long and now i can't touch them it's like the 2001 tops chrome retrofractor ichiro uh, it's like i should have bought that when i had a chance for like 500 bucks for a nine now they're like untouchable but the sale from march 2021 at 1.7 million a lot of that was probably driven by the overhyped investor market and it probably just brought tons of traffic to this particular card 
the market has corrected. And so the sale from August 27th, um, this card sold exact same specimen, by the way, same serial number, same everything. It's exact same one that sold in March 2021. This time it sold for 795000 And that's after the buyer's premium. So was the price, the previous price. But just want to put that out there that that's a drop in nearly 55% from just, what, 17 months ago. And so that's like, it's a pretty big drop. I mean, granted, it's still a huge sum of money. I will say this, though, no matter the price, it'll it's just one of those cards that's always desirable. And it'll, it'll never be a bad purchase. I think that about a lot of Jordan cards, Mantle cards, Gretzky cards. I mean, there's there's just certain players and certain cards that will always be good buys. And I think this 96-97 Topps Crim Refractor, Kobe, will always be a good buy in any condition, any grade. Um, just always a great card. And there are other key rookies in that set. Steve Nash is there. Um, who's that one guy with the tattoos that has a really emotional Hall of Fame? Allen Iverson is in the set. So if you dig this stuff, I, I always like the design of 96-97 Topps Chrome Basketball. I think it's a good-looking card, good-looking design. Anyway, Heritage Auctions, $795,000. Still an awesome purchase. I think this would be a card I'd love to own someday. Not this exact black label. I don't need the black label. If I get like a PSA 8, I'd be happy. I mean, I just, just I think the Kobe cards are awesome. He's, he's a favorite. He's a fan favorite. Anyway, I wanted to touch on that because that's a, a huge sale as well. It doesn't didn't get into the million like it did previously, but it's still a massive sale. Now, let's this. If this card was sold by the same person who bought it at 1.7, he took a huge loss on it. Uh, whatever. Again, relativity. It doesn't, I mean, if you're making a ton of money, a purchase like this is not going to be that big a deal. I want to close out the podcast with a food update. I love food. I, I, I talked about food in a previous podcast. I want to talk about it again here. The Klondike Choco Taco gets discontinued. Yeah, apparently Klondike wants to reallocate the funds that would otherwise go toward the Choco Taco to its other products in its catalog that are that are doing much better than the Choco Taco. They do plan on uh, stocking ice cream trucks with the Choco Taco at some point down the line, so it'll still be available in a different context than the store. You'll have to just kind of get it from uh, an ice cream truck. So in the summertime, when you hear the jingles coming through the, the neighborhood, just you know inquire about it. See if you get your hands on one, but... I've eaten a few. Not, I'm not huge on ice cream. I love it, but it's high caloric content. I don't need, so I don't consume it very often. Maybe, maybe once a year, maybe like a birthday party or something. But I don't buy it. I love it though. Choco tacos are delicious. Klondike makes that little brick, that square brick bar. I always liked that when I was younger. So yeah, we're gonna miss the Choco Taco, but Klondike makes a variety of other great treats to check out and consume, and um, I'm sure we'll be fine. We'll live. We'll live without the Choco Taco. But yeah, that's that's a that's a fun finisher to the podcast because I think we all have enjoyed some lines of that kind of food in our day and we can relate to how delicious a lot of that stuff is. So anyway, thank you for tuning in to the Radicards podcast and Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Reno, and until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting. <laughs>